0: James chapter 5, we're going right through the book of maturity. You know, I believe that folks, something's wrong when you don't have an appetite for the Word of God. Matter of fact, when I don't have an appetite, period, my wife knows that I am sick. Because if I'm not eating, I'm sick. I'm real sick. But if I'm eating, I'm healthy. And I'm getting more unhealthy. But I want to tell you something, this book has blessed my heart. Because I like James because James is point blunt 30. In other words, he tells it like it is. He had to be independent Baptist, just had to be. And uh, thank the Lord for the bluntness he has. It's only five chapters, so he didn't have time to fool around. And baby people, he just put it online and did it straight. And I believe preachers ought to preach that way if they'll do it in love. Amen? But James chapter 5, we're on the topic. And I just began it this morning, just touched base on one of it, and that is um, uh, on patience, the power of patience. All of us need more patience. And folks, the word patient in this context is endurance. It means, folks, there's just no place, as Lester Olof used to say, to park. There's no place to quit. Brother uh, Lamar, he used to preach a message on pawing in the valley. I heard him preach it live up at First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana. Pauling in the Valley. And I want to tell you something, that's the way we ought to be. In the Valley, we ought to keep on keeping on. And folks, this is a great book because they were going undergoing great persecution, great trials. I don't know of any of you that's going to jail tonight for coming to church. I don't know any of you that's going to lose your home because you became a Baptist and you, and you left the Jewish sect. I don't know any of you that's going to uh, uh, lose your job tomorrow because you came to the house of God. But I want to tell you something. In the Bible days, they paid the price. And they they gave their lives. And they gave their homes. And they gave their health. And they gave their wealth. And they had to live in catacombs. And who are we to be fair-weather Christians? We need to be faithful. We need to be faithful in season, out of season, when we feel like it, when we don't. We just need to have Holy Ghost patience. Amen. Let's read verse 7 through 12 again, chapter 5. James, you with me? That was beautiful, wasn't it? Good singing. I heard the choir come in when I was coming to prayer meeting. Boy, they were having revival up here singing. It was a blessing. uh, Chapter 5, verse 7, stand in honor of the word of God, please. Some people died for it. We can stand for it. It says, by patience, therefore, brethren. It says, no, excuse me. Be patient, therefore, brethren unto the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandry. That's a farmer. And I did verify with Wesley that he's raised more than tomatoes. Raspberries, blueberries, uh, pears. His brother says, no, you have it. He said, yes, I have. And praise God, he's a he's, he's verified farmer. Right back there, praise God, brother. Keep on farming. But a husbandry is the first example of how we ought to be. Waiteth, waiteth, for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it <coughs> until he has, uh, uh, until he receives the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. How many believe that? Say amen. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be, con- lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door Take my brethren the prophets, that's where we'll dwell tonight. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endured. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender mercy. I'd like to go ahead and just read verse 12. It says, But above all things, brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, uh, neither by any other oath, but let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays, lest ye fall into condemnation. If any of you be afflicted, let him pray. If any, marry, let him sing psalms. In other words, don't quit. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. Thank you for teaching us about how to be patient and endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. God, help us. God, help us not to recant. God, help us to stand true in these last days and help us, Lord, to stay in the old path. God, I'm not looking for rock and roll music in the, in the auditorium. I'm not looking for entertainment and I'm not looking for some contemporary worship that makes everybody feel at home. Lord, I'm looking for you. And Lord, I thank you for men and ladies and boys and girls that gave their life for this King James Bible and gave their life to be a Baptist not baptizing babies. And God, thank you. God, thank you for those that gave their life to be witnesses and martyrs like the disciples to pave the way for us to have the liberty and freedom and, and, and pleasure of walking with you publicly, unashamed, witnesses in the last days. And we'll thank you and praise you for speaking to our hearts about patience tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we gave the first of three encouragements about being patient, enduring to the coming of the Lord. The first one was a farmer, verse 7 through 9. A farmer has to wait on the crop. The farmer has to wait on the rain. The farmer has to wait for the seasons and the sunshine, which represents the goodness of God. Folks, he has to wait for the dew to fall, and he has to wait for the harvest, and he has to He has to till and he has to fertilize. He has to cultivate. But it doesn't happen overnight. And God's producing a harvest in our life called the fruit of the Spirit. And folks, one of the uh, fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering and temperance. We don't have time to fuss and fight with each other as a church when Jesus is coming. uh, 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 I like the analogy this morning that Brother Jack made in the Sunday school class about us. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a lifeboat. But I also thought about when he was saying that we're not only on, not on a cruise ship, we're on a battleship. And everybody's got a station, and everybody's got a duty, and everybody's got a place. All you military men, you know what you do. You got your rank, you got your duty. There's no time to take a vacation because we're in a battle. And folks, we're not just in a battle, we're in a warfare in these last days. He's coming soon and the world's going crazy and the world's going liberal and the world's going sensual and the world's going sinful and it's dark out there and you need to shine and be a light in these last days. But I want to tell you something, the worst thing you can do is quit, God. Because there's five or six other people saying, I knew it wasn't true, praise God, I'm just going to quit too or they're never going to get started. The greatest time for you to shine is when people are predicting that you won't. I mean, the platform of suffering is a great time to give your testimony that you're not going to quit and you're not mad at God. I'm independent fundamental Baptist, but just like brother, uh, our first preacher, and I always forget his name for some reason, the uh, uh, gentleman, he said, I'm independent fundamental Baptist, but I ain't mad at anybody. Amen, I'm not mad at anybody. I ain't got time to fight the... Uh, wars against other people I'm fighting the devil and Folks we need to be faithful And we need to realize that uh, farmers help other farmers And there's no disputing about it Grudge not uh, one against another Brethren lest ye be condemned Behold the judge stands before the door Jesus coming And people are picking up sides playing church Pe- Jesus coming And people are getting mad at each other And quitting the church because somebody didn't Put their name in the bulletin Because they made homemade ice cream I can't get anybody to make homemade ice cream in this place, but I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I ain't quitting because you ain't making it. I promise you that. Amen. But I'll tell you, folks, God help us uh, not to take the sickle out and slay each other, but go to the harvest field. I want to tell you something, friend. You want to get close to somebody, go soul winning with them. Go knock on a door. Go fight the devil together. Get on the front lines. Go on a mission trip and see the third world and see how... They got it, how blessed you are and how wonderful it is to have a church on every doorstep and every corner and they, they just love God because uh, somebody brought the gospel to them. That'll stop your bickering. That'll stop your fussing. That'll stop your criticizing and your Phariseeism. Say amen. That's what he was dealing with. He said grow up. Just realize Jesus is God. But second of all, he gives another great admonition. Verse 10 on why we should be patient or endure and not quit. He says, take my brethren the prophets. He didn't say take them. He just said remember them. Remember uh, who have spoken in the name of the Lord. That means they were in the perfect will of God. How many believe the prophets of the Old Testament were in the perfect will of God? Sure they were. Look at this. For an example of what? Suffering, affliction, and, and of patience. Amen. Behold, we count them happy. Which endured, you have heard of the patience of Job And have seen the end of the Lord And the Lord is very pitiful and tender mercy And so we see the farmer, number one Folks, you don't don't see the crop come up just overnight It takes patience Plant the seed, God waters, God gives the increase And we labor together Folks, I believe every visit you ought to be polite Be a gentleman, be a lady And leave the hinges old For the next person to come by we're not prosecuting attorneys, we're witnesses. We're not hitting people over the head with the Bible saying they're going to hell. We're telling about the love of Jesus and we warn them about hell and we're direct and we draw the net and we give invitations but we always leave it for somebody else to come knock on the door. I on the door when I first came to town and this lady came and said, no, no, we can't come to your church. And I said, well, why not? She says, because my kids are scared to death. I said, scared to death of what? She said, they're scared to death of church. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, we sit on the back road minding our own business. The invitation was given. I didn't raise my hand that I was saved. And about that time, three men approached me and grabbed my, grabbed my hands and drug me down the aisle. My, my children thought they were hurting me, and my children didn't understand it. And, and, uh, and uh, I said, you got to be kidding. They do that up here in the North Georgia mountains? I'm from South Georgia. We at least, we least uh, you know, let people make their own decisions. But she but was saying they, that they're deathly scared of going into a church building. Now, that's a shame. That's a disgrace. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's the one that draws people. Amen? You don't go and pull people down the aisle. Praise God. The, the kids might think you're hurting mama. And, folks, I, I thought, man, i gotta be, I got to be careful about that. I didn't know anybody did that. But Jewish congregation would understand the simple reference to Old Testament prophets. Jesus also used the prophets as an example of victory over persecution. Look at James chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 10 through 12. Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Man, Wouldn't you love to have been sitting on that mount? Wouldn't you love to have been sitting at his feet? And Praise God, Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says this in verse 10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all matter of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now listen to this, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So there's Jesus' reference to prophets. There's James' reference to prophets. The Bible says in Second uh, Timothy, Chapter three. Look there, please, real quick. Just a little foundation. We're going to jump into the prophets. Second Timothy chapter three and verse twelve. The Bible says this: Let the. That's First Timothy. That's good too. Amen. It's about deacons. Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve. The Bible says this: Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You ever been persecuted of his namesake? The prophets encourages encourages us. I want you to turn to one prophet I love. And folks, he's not an escapee from some wax museum. He was a real person. And we'll find out next week or the week after that that he was a man of like passions, but he prayed and God answered his prayer. His name was Elijah. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, we see Elijah comes on the scene and he has to face the most wicked king. Of all, and folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter sixteen that uh, it was the it was the worst uh, the worst of worst kings. He was the he was the meanest and and he was the most vile. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter sixteen and uh, verse thirty three. And Ahab had a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of the, of Israel that were before him. He was worse. He was the worst. But Elijah was a prophet. He didn't care how bad he was, but he just came on the scene. And I want you to look at chapter 17, verse 1, and this is a tremendous verse to tell you how to be a prophet in the last days and a, and a profitable servant and a, and a pure witness. Number one, it says, and Elijah the Tisbite, uh, who was the inhabitants of Gilgal, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. I want to tell you what you need to do. You need to get convinced of the reality of God. He he stands up and says, hey, I'm approaching the meanest, baddest, most wicked, most horrible king that's ever walked this earth, according to verse 33. And he said, I'm going to come to you, Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. We need to convince he's alive. And folks, I want to tell you something. If he died for you, at least we can do is live for him. And if he died for you and he arose for you and he's coming again and the Bible says our redemption draweth nigh and we're going to face him and we're going to cast crowns at his feet one day, at least we can do, at least we can do is be faithful. Faithful. In and out, up and down. I call them roller coaster Christians. You don't know where they're gonna go next. Ping pong Christians, up and down, up and down, in and out, sad and blue. Folks, listen, we need to realize that the only way we can establish our heart is is be established on this fact. Jesus Christ is alive. Amen? And he's well. And he's still on the throne. And praise God, he is coming back, and it's gonna be a different story then, say amen. He's not coming on some little mule on the uh, uh, Palm Sunday and he's not going to be born in a manger because there's no room in a trough in a pigsty uh, in, a, in, a, in a stable behind an inn he's coming as king of kings and lord of lords and he's going to set this mess straight amen. amen and praise God I don't want to be AWOL when he comes I don't want to be down and out I don't want to be a project for some preacher I want to be faithful Faithful, patient, enduring. And then look at it also says, before whom I stand. You know what he was convinced of? He was convinced of the reality of God, but he was also convinced he was a representative of that living God. Prophets were representatives. They did some unusual things. You, you studied the life of Ezekiel. He did some unusual, I hope God never caused me to do some of those things that Ezekiel did. And folks, Jeremiah, in prison, weeping in a in a dungeon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, all these prophets. Folks, they, they paid the price, but the reason they did they knew they were called. And they purposed in their heart to be different and to be diligent, and to be faithful. And folks, God's called you to be that. I'm not saying God's called you to be a prophet or a son of a prophet. But God's called you to be a servant of the living God. And He's called you to represent Him as a Christian, little Christ. Christian every day of your life and I don't think there's any place for us to recant and and to break ties and to go back into the world and backslide folks listen we need to realize that God's alive but not only is he alive he's chose us to be proof positive evidence to the world that he is (laughs) what a privilege What what a duty what a calling what a commission God's called us to be proof, positive evidence that he is alive. Wow. That's a contemporary for amen. What a blessing. God's called you to represent him. And I want to tell you something, folks. It hurts the cause of Christ when you backslide. It hurts the cause of Christ when you capsize. and It hurts the cause of Christ when you become Simonized with the world. You just want to slick in and you want to settle in and you want to blend in. God's called you to be different. You take Christ out of Christianity, all you've got is an anity. We're different. We 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 don't have to look for a fight. The fight's going to come to us. But we just need to march to the orders of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Elijah said, Before whom I stand. And then last but not least, He said, There shall not be dew nor rain three years, but according to thy word. Not only was he convinced of the reality of God and convicted that he was a representative of God, but he was conscious of the resources from God. What was those resources? Well, Deuteronomy 11, 16 through 17 says, If a heathen country turns against God, they're going to have a famine. So he just said, I'm going to quote you a verse, King big king, wicked king, hurtful king. Deuteronomy 11:16 through 17 says there will not be rain around here. Now he's preaching the word of God in the palace, risking his life. It wasn't a comfort zone. And it wasn't a beautiful place like this. And this place is going to get a whole lot more beautiful as people keep coming in. We're having more visitors than we ever had in, our, in the history of our church. It's exciting. Amen. But I want to tell you something. You thought I was going to say in the remodeling program. That, no, that might break me, but I'm telling you, thank God. Folks, that we're called, but also he's alive, but he's left us with the resources, the word, and prayer. According to my word. He's praying now. He's not saying it's my word. He's saying it's his word. The will of God will never leave you where the grace of God cannot keep you. And guess what? The famine came, just like the man of God said. And look what happened. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith that is before Jordan. So he says, okay, I'm going to the Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt in the brook of Cherith, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain. In the land. So here's judgment falling upon his country. And he has to be persecuted. And he has to be hungry. And he has to be thirsty, right along with the wicked, judgmental world. But thank God, the ravens came. And then the widow provided. And praise God, he went after the one. And the young man was raised from the dead. And then, praise God, he went in the next chapter. And God gave him another opportunity. It came to pass, at the offering of Eve sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Still got that reality. God is alive. He was alive to Abraham. He was alive to Isaac. He's alive to Israel. He's not partial. He can use them. He can use me. Then he said, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. He said, and furthermore, I'm going to say that the reason I'm here is I want to lift his name. And that I am thy servant. There it is again. The second principle in serving God and enduring for God and being patient for God. Realize God's called you, and God's call is not fickle, preacher. God's not fi- uh, uh, call is not fickle, deacon. Thank God for our deacons. They, I believe with all my heart, they're servants of God. And listen to this now. It says, "And that I have done all these things at thy word." There it is. The same resource. So his little prayer. I believe it's 36 words or so. And he said, Hear me, O Lord, chapter 18, verse 37. 1 Kings 18, verse 37. I'm sorry. Hear me, O Lord, and hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, that thou hast turned their hearts back again. And then, it says then, somebody representing God, preaching God's word, praying, then, the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up uh, the waters that was in the trench. 850 false prophets making their little altars. He made his altar. They were the, they were the uh, heathens of fire. Their God was a God of fire. And I want to tell you something, folks. Uh, he could, they couldn't send fire, but God sent fire, licked it all up, praise God, and and just uh, showed Himself more powerful than their God. And then the Bible says in verse 39, here's the key. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. They said, Lord, He is the the God. The Lord, He is the God. I'm going to wrap this thing up. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. The whole reason you can't quit, or you shouldn't quit, or you shouldn't want to quit, that you ought to have patient endurance, and that you ought to be established in the last days, is because somebody needs to realize He is the Lord God not a Lord God, they cried out, the whole providence cried out, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said to them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. They took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishram and slew them there. And Elijah said, Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And after the fire fell, the floods came. Amen? And I want to tell you something folks God blessed that prophet But then chapter 19 He gets depressed How about that? The great prophet of God that Charged into the palace Most wicked Ahab The man that challenged the 850 Prophets of Baal and Hale And the fire came and the floods came got noticed that Jezebel was after his head. And the devil depressed him. He thought he was the only one. There were 7,000 in the cave. and Folks, he got depressed. But then God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the whirlwind. But a still, small voice. Verse 12, And after the fire, a still, small voice. It was so that when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in the mantle went out, stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice in him saying, What thou? doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even I only am left, and I seek my face, and, ta- uh, uh, and they seek my life, and they, they want to take it away. Don't that sound like some of our whining and praying, amen? But look at this. And the Lord said to him, Go, return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest unto Ahaziel the king of Sarah, and Jehu the son, and he listed all them, and he said, Listen, I've left, verse 18, 7,000 people that'll stand with you. Amen? I'll tell you what's encouraging in these last days, you being here. I'll tell you what's encouraging in these last days. You deacons that'll stay faithful. You Sunday school teachers that'll teach on anyway. You master club workers showing up. Van drivers showing up. Bus drivers showing up. Folks, I want to tell you something. We're in this thing together to encourage one another. And I want to tell you something. We're not an island. We need each other. These prophets needed each other. But the prophet needed most of all God. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 said, I want to quit, but I could not because the word was burning in my bones. Jeremiah 29. Daniel said, I purposed in my heart. And then they brought Daniel to the lion's den, and the Lord gave the lion's lockjaw. Daniel chapter 3, and I'll close with this prophet session. session. Now, I won't get to Job tonight. I'll get to him the next time I preach. But I want you to look at Daniel chapter 3 just real quick on trials and tribulation. I want you to see something that I saw this afternoon that blessed my heart. Daniel chapter 3, you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the partners of Daniel, they all purpose in their heart. But it says Daniel purpose in his heart in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. And by the way, if you, don't, if you don't purpose in your heart in these last days, you're going to recant. You're going to give up. And folks, listen, you need to make, you need to make, you need to make some conviction. And you need to make a stand. And you need to not recant your, your convictions. And the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not, that do not ye serve my gods? Verse 14, chapter 3. I'm trying to get to the point. Nor worship the golden image. He made an image of Himself that I have set up. He set up. Now look at verse 15. And, he, and, and, and if you be ready that at the time when you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the saxophone, the sadder, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, uh, you fall down and worship the image which I have made Well, But if ye worship not, there's a great pull from this world to worship them and to worship humans and to worship yourself. It's humanism. It says, "Ye shall cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fire, fire, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? That was a great question. Who is that God? Who is that God? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto him, King O Nebuchadnezzar We are not careful to answer You know why they were not careful To answer They already answered it in their heart They already made up in their mind That God's word was God's word They already uh, was reminded That God called them to stand God, They were already convicted And convinced And they were purposed on purpose Now look and He says in verse 17 The first phrase is so such a blessing Chapter 3, you with me? Daniel 3, 17. If you don't know how to find Daniel, ask Brother Andrew. He gave us a lesson on it just a few minutes ago. He said, If it be so, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Well, wait a minute. And he will deliver us out of the, thine hands, O king. But here's the phrase I want you to underline. But if not. <laughs> Amen. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And I want to tell you what happened after that. Verse 19, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. Your life ought to make the devil man. <laughs> I mean, y'all not going to pick a fight, but I want to tell you something. You walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. You're going to disturb some people. You're going to make them uncomfortable. Don't think you're going to be voted mayor of this town either or be some popular celebrity or everybody's going to love you and like you. No, friend, they might hate you for Christ's sake, but it said he was full of fury and the form of his visions was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before he spake and he commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than than he want to be heated And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army behind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Don't you love this true story? Then these men, which were bound, their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire slew those men that took them up there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now listen. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered. He said, Lo, I see four men. Loose. <laughs> They're all loose. Loose. Listen to this now. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Even the heathen recognize the Son of God. And I want to tell you something, friend. This fire was selective fire. This fire only burnt the bindings. It did not burn the men of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. The fire is not to burn you up in these last days. The fire is to loose you. The fire is not to bound you. The fire is to burn the boundaries and burn the bindings and set you free to be a witness. And the darker the hour, the brighter the testimony ought to be. Folks, be patient. Stab yourself for the coming of the Son of the Lord is soon soon going to be and we must be found faithful. Why? Verse 26, Then get Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Ye servants of the Most High God. Folks, if you just get that, you'd bring your Bible to church. You'd not bring your Bible to church. You might take it to work. And praise God, you might not take it to work, but you'd put it in your heart. And, you'd, and it would come out your mouth. And praise God, it would be the theme of your life. It'd be the thoughts in the shower. It'd be the thoughts in the midnight hour. It'd be the thoughts not only before the flare prayer, before the meal, so you can be less than than a heathen by praying for your meal, but it'd be a daily walk. It'd be a talk with God. There'd be a heartbeat of God. There'd be a burning in your soul because God in these last days has called you to represent and lift the Most High God. It's a dark hour. This world's gone crazy. There's a lot of band music going on in the house of God. There's a lot of worship of celebrities in the house of God. There's a lot of kings setting up their little throne thinking they can run this nation and run any nation without God. And I'm telling you, friend, it's about showtime. It's about deadline time. It's about time that God's going to call us out And Call our names and say, are you going to represent me or not? Are you going to be patiently enduring or not? Are you going to recant or not? And folks, I want to tell you something. Thank God they came forth from the midst of the fire. And I want to tell you something. The princes and governors, verse 27, the captains and kings and counselors gathered together. These men, the whole body of fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Hallelujah! I get the smell of fire when I cook out by my green egg, praise God. And I have to change clothes because I've battled the pork and, 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 and smoked the ham. And praise God, I know I'm a cook because I smell like one. But praise God, I am going to tell you something. These folks were not the ham. And these folks were not the pork. And these folks were not on the altar of, of Satan and burned at his little flim, flimsy fire of persecution. They came out odorless. But they came out with a fragrant fragrance of God's presence and God's power and God's name was above their name. Look at verse 28. I'm trying to encourage you to continue. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Here it is now. Get this young people Y'all with me in the Bible You bring your Bibles We're not palm readers We're Bible readers Amen Y'all looking at me like Of course I got my Bible Okay good Just checking Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said Blessed be the God Of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego greatest day in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life Was when Somebody said, "Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego." When you go to work tomorrow, they're going to say, "Blessed be the name of the of the God of Pete, Will, Travis, Scotty, Michael, Randy, Wesley." Folks, what a privilege! To be named in the same sentence with the Almighty God as His servant. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why were they identified with God? They took their stand, they did not compromise. And they were persecuted but they did not lose patience. Nevertheless, if it be so, but if not, we're standing anyway. And it said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. That angel happened to be Jesus. Listen to this now. And yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Folks, when you take your stand in the last days, they know who your God is. And you have the privilege of exalting Him. Magnifying Him. And sometimes the fire will test you. But praise God, it's sometimes selective fire, it'll loose you. And it'll it'll cut the bindings, but it won't burn the body. And friend, I want to tell you something. I believe I know why James would just use that word because he was copying the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. Going back to our text, he said, take my brethren the prophets have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. Behold, we count them happy which endured. Can you imagine the party Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had on the way home from that palace? Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the elation that they were named in the same sentence? By a heathen king of the Most High God. Folks, there's no place to part. There's no place to recant. There's no place to quit. A man was being burned at the stake. He was an Anabaptist. That means he refused to baptize babies. So he was an Anabaptist. I think his name was John Huss. As he was being burned to the stake and the flames were to, to creep up on they, Tyndale, they, just, they strangled him because he had been a priest. And they scraped the anointing oil off his hands because they'd, they anointed him as a priest so they scraped it to the blood dri- dripped out so they get all the signs and they scraped it off his forehead where he was anointed as a priest. But Anabaptists, they didn't get the strangle. They got the, they got the slow burning green wood fire slow agonizing where the drippings of their flesh and the fat tissue melting down in the fire literally fed the fire while they were being burned at the stake And this particular martyr began to cry oh God oh God oh God forgive me because I had a moment that I wanted to recant and quit and the reason he did that, because not only was he burned at the stake, but his little 11-year-old daughter was being burned at the stake next to him. And as he saw her scream, and he heard her scream, and he smelled her, her smoldering flesh, he had a thought, is this worth it? Is this necessary? God, why are you allowing this? And he cried out, God, 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 forgive me. And they both died in the slow burning Greenwood fire to stand against baptizing babies and stand for much more than that. That salvation is by grace and by the cross and by the death, and by the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus.